Hey, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus Locked on Lakers post-trade deadline edition. No movement at all for the Lakers. Did they screw this one up? We'll tell you next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day and sometimes in the middle of your day, Monday through Friday and occasionally on weekends, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. Always free, never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where over 23,000 subscribers are wondering if the Lakers screwed up the trade deadline, Andy, because they didn't do anything. No moves, not a single move, not even a... a, a, a second rounder seven years from now for a guy's draft rights that will never appear in this country. Okay. Before we even break all that down, let me give you just the immediate glass half full version of this for the most skeptical of Laker fans who are out there. We heard from a lot of them. There had been an article from John Hollinger, a long time of ESPN, spent some time as part of the Memphis Grizzlies front office, now with The Athletic that he was looking for the Lakers to potentially move Christian Wood, I think perhaps like a second attached to it, somewhere to essentially make it worth taking on Wood in order to save a little bit of dough for luxury tax implications. Mm -hmm. And all y'all think Jeannie Buss and the Buss family are incredibly cheap anyway. No moves means they didn't save any money either. That's right. And, you know, there, that? there's a logistical thing that you could say they might as well because it would reset their, you know, the luxury tax count, repeater tax, and all that stuff. But or just that is a good making no moves while saving money really right. Really make people angry. I think it's one thing to say none of the moves available really moved the needle for us. We didn't feel like um, we we would improve enough uh, to overpay for some of these things in their minds. It's another thing to literally remove players from the roster from a PR standpoint. But let's talk about what they didn't do. Um, and you're right. I mean, you look around Lakers social media right now, and there are a lot of people who are extremely upset. And certainly, you know, nobody, the, the two biggest players I think that were available uh, still on Thursday were Bruce Brown and DeJounte Murray. Neither of them were traded. Um, so it's not like the Lakers missed out and there is a, um, a, a, a deal that we could compare things to to say, oh, they could have done that, they could have done that. Dorian Finney-Smith did not get traded um, from Brooklyn. Royce O'Neal did. He was part of a, a deal, sent him to Phoenix, actually, um, and you know a lot of sort of second-round draft capital involved in that and some players. But there wasn't a whole lot of big moves to be made, it looks like. That said, the Lakers could have done more marginal things to help around the edges of the roster. So I guess two questions. Were you surprised by it? Because I wasn't by their relative inactivity. Um, and how do you feel about it? Um, I'm also not surprised. And I think the everydayers know. I think we've been setting up our listeners, our viewers, I think much more for the expectation of the Lakers doing little to quite literally nothing than a big move. I think as time went on, we were certainly giving less indications about confidence in the DeJounte Murray deal. We talked about it for the regular show on Thursday. 
there's a certain point up to where either the Lakers, A, are out of stuff that they can offer, particularly since they can only offer one first-round pick right now, Mm -hmm. and B, you start getting to a place where, okay, if you're giving up this much, are you actually getting better? Like, DeJounte Murray's a good player, but he's not that good. So, and same thing with, like, Bruce Brown. Like, if you swap out D'Lo for Bruce Brown or Rui for Bruce Brown, even if you get better, do you get that much better? And do you really want to keep Bruce Brown around? Or do you, you know, do you think he could be that flippable of an asset in this offseason? At least at this trade deadline, he didn't seem to move the needle that no, much. Is- what I read, what I read was that Toronto was, you know, was interested, you know, they A, they think he's a good player, but also they feel like his I think it's $23 million option or something like that is something yeah. that they could find useful in the offseason. So they didn't right, get exactly they liked, so they held on to him. Right. I mean, who, who knows? But my point being, though, any team that would acquire Bruce Brown would have had those exact same mm-hmm. options in front of them. Correct. And I mean, and Toronto's a difficult team to read anyway in all this landscape in terms of sort of what their end game is. But I started looking around at some of the, I guess, what would be considered more marginal deals around the league, like Doug McDermott from the Spurs for Marcus Morris, who had been flipped to Indy. And a second, like the Lakers don't really have the expendable salary for that. The deal that moved Bogdan, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks for Evan Fournier's salary filler, two seconds involving the Knicks, same issue. Like Monte Morris going to... Like you, you could make, to make that, just to your point, Andy, on Bogdanovich, like you could do Rui... I think that money would have lined up, but like, right. do you want to trade Rui for Bogdanovich? I, that's I, my point. Is do, like, then do you want to add draft capital to that? Right. That's that's my point. Like, and there are a lot of deals like this. The one that uh, acqu- that Dallas acquired Daniel Gafford. Like, they they don't really have the expendable salary for that one, unless you're going to trade Reeves straight up for Gafford or D'Lo as the centerpiece while the Wizards add more. But that's a bad deal for the Lakers. Like, they get worse. You know, maybe they could have gotten in the Xavier Tillman sweepstakes, you know, pick your veteran minimum guy in a couple seconds. But like, how much does that actually move the needle? I understand why OKC would be willing to give up draft compensation to bring in Gordon Hayward, given how much of it they already have and what they're trying to do right now with him just sort of fortifying the foundation. I would not in a million years give up anything of value for Hayward because he's always Hurt the the Lakers giving up a 29 pick to get the 29 pick, which is the one they had available to them to acquire Gordon Hayward would be malpractice. It is a great deal for Oklahoma City, and they could even keep him around because yeah, that's the the perfect complimentary um connecting player for them. Like I I I I think is the only guy really quick that I look at that deal and say, okay. you could come up with a deal that would be worth – you could maybe talk me into Torian Prince and Jalen Hood Chafino as essentially the young talent that they bring in. Or, you know, Torian Prince and filler and either seconds or like a very protected first. But if you start adding, say, Hood Chafino and the pick with Prince for Olenek, that is an awful lot to give up for Kelly Olenek on an expiring yeah, and like I like just, I like him a lot. I mentioned sure, him on uh, that's Thursday a lot, show. man. It is, and here's how I look at these things because it it is a it, it is a, the easy temptation is like, well, that guy went for two second round picks and say well, the Lakers have five picks available. Why didn't they just add a third or a fourth? 
a you still don't know exactly what else people want like you know quentin grimes is a player who went in, in a deal um you know as part of the the nick stuff with the the pistons like Pistons probably like Quentin Grimes. It's like that's part of what goes into these these equations. But also, not all second round picks are the same. And so I went to double check. And assuming I'm understanding this right, the Lakers have three of their own that they actually they don't have. Uh, I think they have three of their own down the road. Although they are have traded a lot of theirs as well. But like two of the picks, the two of the second rounders that the Lakers have, come through the Clippers. And it's one for 24 and one for 25. Those are about as worthless, as low value a second round pick as you can have. The Clippers are going to be a top five team this year in terms of their record, assuming guys still stay healthy. They're currently right at that four-way tie at the top of the Western Conference. Assuming they don't get injured again next year, they're going to be this good next year too. So the 56th pick in the draft is not exactly so like that second rounder isn't the same as one that might be in the thirties or the low forties. It's like that stuff all matters. And so I, I would need to know before I look at this and say, the Lakers screw this up. How could they, they're holding on. They're trying to get Donovan. They're delusional. If they think they could get Donovan Mitchell with three first and they might be, um, or like, you know, this could be, I need to know what they said no to. What was on the table that they said no to? Apparently, it seems like they said no to adding Austin Reeves and a first rounder for DeJounte Marina. I would have said no to that too. Um, I don't think that is the right trade for the Lakers or the right use of Reeves's value um, with that contract. I, I wouldn't have said yes to that deal either. Not now. I, you know, Did they say no to two second rounders for Boyan Bogdanovich? If they did, that was a mistake. I would need to know what they said no to before I can say the Lakers did this wrong. But even then, though, I need to know how they would have made the money work if sure. the money needs to work. Totally, totally. Like I've seen people who, well, what about why didn't they just put in Gabe Vincent and you know offer draft sweeteners? Because who wants him? <laughs> not, you know, not, not everybody wants Gabe Vincent making twenty-two million dollars or whatever it is over the next two years. They may not want that, and so I certainly don't want to give up a first rounder to try to sweeten the pot for to somebody to take Gabe Vincent so I can get Dorian Finney Smith back. Like that's not, that is not good asset management for a player who isn't that good. He's a good player, but we're, he is or, Dorian Finney Smith or, and this is, I think even more important and maybe more difficult for Laker fans or maybe even the Laker franchise to hear when you're not sure just how good this team is. Well, I, think like, that's a, I think that's a large part of it. But I'm just saying that is also a part that can't be ignored. Like in a vacuum, I like Dorian Finney-Smith. And if, say, I thought this team was solidly top four in the West, you could talk me into, okay, attach that first rounder and maybe the best second you have to Gabe Vincent for Dorian Finney-Smith, even if that feels like a lot for Smith because the Lakers are pretty damn close. Mm -hmm. And if you add Dorian Finney-Smith to what they have, all right, that's one more solid 3 and D guy out there. Gives you some optionality for some of the players you're going to be facing in the playoffs. Maybe it's too much, but it would make sense for what you're doing contextually. I don't know if that makes sense for the Lakers right now. Also, what's important is this could be an unusually 
impactful buyout market. Mm-hmm. And some of the names are, out there include Spencer Didwitty, who I believe is an LA native, yes. Kyle Lowry, Evan Fournier, Marcus Morris, uh, Bertans, Joe Harris. And the Lakers are going to have the ability to spend more than some of these other teams out there. And let's say Spencer and Didwitty, because I think he's the best player of all those guys. And I think he's going to be linked a lot to the Lakers, if for no other reason than it's the Lakers. Spencer and Dinwiddie, I think even in what is, I think, considered something of a down season for him, he is, other than DeJounte Murray, probably more impactful than anybody the Lakers have been linked to this entire trade deadline, like in terms of somebody that yeah, can make it. I mean, yeah, I think in terms – I'm not a big Dinwiddie fan. Um, sure. I don't love the fit on this team, and I don't think – but, like, it's – it's um. Compared to some of the other options? Sure. Well, I mean, there are other players I like out there that are better. But like you say, I like Boyan Bogdanovich on this team. It's a great team. But like, how do you make that work? Like, you know, so they'll, they'll probably add somebody on the buyout market. They've got, like you said, a little extra money. It's because of what they didn't give Gabe Vincent at the uh, or in the offseason. Uh, that saved them some money that they could use to, to offer a little bit more on buyout. I, it, it is a dis- it's going to be a disappointing day. I just don't know if the 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 options and we'll see there'll be some more reporting and stuff will come out like the Lakers could have done X Y and Z we'll see what this looks like but right now based on what is out there and was reported it is disappointing but you know what's more disappointing doing stupid things in an effort to try to you know throw good money after bad whatever it is the, the Lakers have limited assets you can only use an asset once and if you want to be mad at the lakers for only having limited assets that's a different story if you want to 100 basically create a timeline of the last five or six years to where we are now yes you can be mad at them for the way the season is going you can be mad at them for you know the the they did a decent job getting out from under the westbrook deal but they're still paying for the westbrook deal like they're using tht over alex caruso right when they could have taken both you know, you can, there are people, there are a lot of critics just saying made the right choice. Yeah. They should have gone from, you know, and, and, you know, not hard cap themselves this year. It's very easy to look back at those things. And some people are, it's hindsight. Some people it's not like those are all legitimate decisions, but you have to look at this as a self-contained thing. You can't be mad at them about the trade deadline because they screwed up something else. Um, or so, you can be we'll mad at them for screwing up the other thing, but you have to acknowledge they still can't do the things they're not equipped to do at this right. very second. Doing something dumb here doesn't fix the problem that they previously that they previously created. So um, obviously, lots more to cover um, this evening. The Lakers play a game, uh, a nationally televised game against the Denver Nuggets. That's a pretty high-profile one. Um, and obviously, the Kobe statue will be unveiled this evening ahead of the game. So a tremendous amount to talk about um, after the game tonight for Friday's show. But obviously, we wanted to get uh, a quick update up for everybody about what they did and our thoughts on it, really what they didn't do, uh, and our thoughts on it. And we'll see everyone later. But first, Andy, this. Well, the Lock on Legends is brought to you by Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. The easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. Just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and then just watch the winnings roll in. And it is demon time on. Pro- you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 
$10 into $100. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play prize picks. Squares marked with red demons and green goblins get you different payouts. Prize picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts, select player projections up to 25% to get you even more value, plus excuse to get yourself some tacos. That's a win in and of itself. Prize picks also now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this basketball season. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Locked on Lakers is also brought to you, Andy, by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. That, of course, is coming up on Sunday. Uh, FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Um, here's what this could look like for you this year. And like, there's a lot of fun ways to do it. If you are somebody who likes to put a little wager down, on the Super Bowl, you do it in, in, in a lot of fun ways. How about betting just who's going to win? That's a simple one. People like that, win or lose, over, under, stuff like that. But what about who's going to score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? Put together some parlays, um, make the day however you want it to be. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We'll see everybody after the game.